0: Hi, everyone. It is Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This is part two of my interview with Michael Fishman, who played DJ in Roseanne. And he's an actor, writer, director, and also part of Next Level Living. And I find him to be an extremely fascinating person, like I do all the people in Next Level Living. And I truly enjoyed interviewing him that I made this interview into two parts. This one, you're going to hear that I start out with talking about dating, um, what it's like dating when you're a sensitive man. And part one is more about his life, and um, we just talk about many different things. So I know that you'll enjoy both these interviews. If you haven't listened to part one, you may want to stop, go to that one, or you can just listen to this one and then go back to that one. And I would love, love, love to ask you to do me a favor. I would love to rate, have you rate, review, and subscribe and share this podcast. I'm trying to get it out to more people, and I know that many of you listen to it and you tell me how much you love it. So I would love for you to help me by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. If you haven't already subscribed, you're probably subscribed already and sharing it with your friends. And you can also watch this on YouTube as well and subscribe there. So thank you so much. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this and enjoy the interview. You'll hear a little music and it'll go into the interview. Enjoy. I have a couple of questions. And one question I'm going to ask, and it may be too big of a question to ask. So we'll see. But Michael impresses me because we were talking about this briefly beforehand. He's a sensitive person, a very intuitive. Um, there's too many words that I could use to describe how incredible he is. And yet he's a manly man, is the way I would describe it. I mean, I'm gonna offend people when I say this. So I don't want to offend you and anybody who's listening to it. Hey, we all know how I am, I just have a mouth. But I was interested for somebody because in those rooms, I said to Michael, you know, a lot of times you go into these spaces of these spiritual rooms, and I personally wouldn't date a lot of those. I, I just can't deal woo woo. I can't do woo woo. Michael's very practical. He's very hands on. You're very tactile. You're, you know, you have it all. You really do as a dynamic man. And I think you're, from my experience, you're a great representation of a di- of an incredible being, a man. Um, and it's just I want to thank you too because I love seeing it. My question to you is, what is it like dating or being in a relationship in this wholeness that i I experience you in and that's again, I, what I love about you, I want to ask say real quickly, we don't talk poorly about other people. that's what I love, so answer that question,
1: yeah, so it's very interesting. um I always tell people I'm a flawed person, but i'm I'm a hundred percent authentic um and and I don't like small talk I, I like to have deep conversations, I like to talk about big things. I care how people are. Um, I think in a world where people kind of do a lot of surface level stuff, it makes it very difficult for people. Uh, When you go out on a date, people have a tendency to send their representative as opposed to sending their reality. And I very much am the opposite is this is me. You won't like everything I say. Um, So I was married for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't date, right? And I got married at 18 and was married till 38. So like, when everybody else is really learning the dating scene and all of these things or playing all of these games, because I think a lot of people play games, I wasn't. I was raising kids and trying to take care of a partner and, and build a family and being the structure person. Um, I'm the clown and I'm the disciplinarian. So I, I take mm. all the extremes. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm a gentle heart, but I'm a warrior. And I I tell people all the time, I'm a warrior of heart. I have a very strong code, kind of a martial arts bushido, uh, very tactile, worked in construction, had a lot of really tough, what would be considered masculine jobs. I think we do a poor job, though, of allowing men to like, man, I love to be the nurturer. Yeah. I love little kids. I love babies. Um, And I would tell you, you know, at 41, man, I would start over in a heartbeat. But I, I, my window is closing and there's a part of me that doesn't know what that means for me, right? Like, So dating has been a really confusing experience. The first relationship I was in after my marriage, man, I put up with so much trying to make it work, thinking everything's supposed to be long-term. And that was a really painful experience. Um, and I was very accepting of a lot of bad behavior. Right, so I really had to like okay, work on my work on my boundaries better, work on structuring things better, because I'm a I'm a bit of an old school guy. Like I'm gonna hold the doors. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna I want to treat a partner. I want to be a protector. I want to be a partner. I want to take care of things. I don't think that you know I'm gonna get on a soapbox a little bit. Like women shouldn't happen to open their own doors. If you're there, they should always feel safe. You should walk on the outside. Mm. I don't know. As simple as like. You go up an escalator, right? You're going up the escalator, you're in the back. You're going down the escalator, you're in the front.
0: Wow, I didn't even, that one I didn't know. I know the outside, the doors, everything.
1: That's great. Or like, you know, you go to a a place, right? I sit where I can see. Um, That's my situational awareness. That's my Mm -hmm. tactical stuff. Uh, I was a bounty hunter for a little while. I've had a lot of like kind of crazy jobs. So anything I had to do to protect and provide for my family. And so what I would say is in that, you have to learn a better masculine frame. I think society has taught men to like be one of two things, to be really soft and, and think that they're supposed to be overtly feminine in a in a very bizarre kind of way or be really selfish and, and kind of tell women what to do and be very misogynistic. And I think that's also stupid, you know? I think healthy women want healthy men and mm-hmm. if you're being honest, you've got to share. You have to be willing to hear and to stand in the storm, right? Like to create space. So then I was in a, I was in a really beautiful relationship with somebody who came out of a really bad marriage. And I'm going to tell you, that relationship was incredibly hard for me because um, there was a young child involved and I waited 10 months to meet this little boy. Because I told her, I have two biological children. I had my first one at 18, my second one at 21. Then when I got divorced in 2018, I adopted, kind of indirectly adopted two adult children. Uh, the first one was almost 21, and then I started helping with her 17-year-old brother. And he was in the foster care system. Wow. And then, um, and I don't talk about it a lot, because, man, it, it, it still kills me, is... He tried some drugs with fentanyl and he passed away. Mm. And it's been a little over two years. And it it is it is one of the things in my life that I wish I could. I'm so blessed for having experienced him and having him in my life and, and still having him in my life. But I'm crushed that I couldn't have created a better or a different outcome in this world. Um, so it makes me unbelievably conscious like i said i'm a person who's lost a lot of people grief is something i'm very aware of Um, and for a while i worked as a grief counselor so i said don't introduce me to your child until you're sure because once i come into a child's life i will never walk away i don't know how so one of the things i'm struggling now is you know a year into this relationship she kind of had to spin out and decided that she just couldn't be with anyone and wanted to disconnect. But that meant for me, that's losing another son. Yeah. And, you know, I you can tell me, Marilyn, like, I don't know the answer. Like, I've been sending him holiday gifts and birthday gifts. But at a certain point, I'm going to become the wound that I don't want him to have. So, like, I have to give him space so it's a hard thing, like the dating world is a very chaotic world. And what I would say is I wish people would just be more authentically themselves because if they don't like you as you are, then they're not for you. But don't dim yourself or change yourself or m- try to be something that someone's going to like, because then you got to keep that like I said before, it's, I've never had a public persona. I, I have to be me because if I have to keep that up and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not for everybody, You know, I'm a, I'm a hard nose, like some of that old school stuff from my dad comes out at times and I'm, but I'm also super affectionate. And like, that's another thing is like, I have to be careful to slow down how much I give away, how much of myself I'll give, how much I'll do for somebody. Cause I will literally, you know, my first wife wanted to be a stay at home mom. That was her dream. So that's what we did for 20 years. And if that meant four jobs for me, that's what it meant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my other relationship, I helped her kind of clean up her life and get organized and get out of debt. And, and eventually her dream was to own a home. And so we kind of built in that direction. And it's probably not advantageous for me, but my policy's always been, I'll plan for and I'll take care of and I'll provide for the family. You plan and provide for you because I, I always want I think in the modern time, a lot of women don't feel safe and have been taken advantage of, you know, in my last relationship, even when we talked about like buying a house, I'll buy the house. You keep the stuff that you already earned because I want that to be your safety net because a lot of people have come out of relationships and not had that or had to stay in marriages or been manipulated by ex-partners around those things. And I want people to feel free, you know, if you want to spend time with me i love people at such an extraordinary high level but i want you to choose that path and if you're going to be happier somewhere else i want you to go be happy more than i want you to like I, i don't own anyone i don't have control i want people to be empowered to be who they are
0: wow i'm like listening to you and i'm like wow there's so much to unpack there in such a beautiful way insightful way i really appreciate the honesty the answer um the beauty of it and I just want to say a couple of takeaways just from listening to that one was I know that um it's it's interesting when I talk about femininity and masculinity these days obviously there's a lot of conversation around that and I don't have enough education and how genders are switching so I'm talking to them in the uh, traditional sense I guess is the best way to say it and I love seeing on Instagram I I don't know the name of it but there's this guy that is out there. And a lot of these men are doing it and they're going to these spaces and they're being vulnerable together. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness as a woman, because I really find that that is so important. I really appreciate it. And I appreciated your vulnerability. You said something. um, First of all, I'm so sorry for the loss.
1: What? What I would tell people is with your children, loved ones in general, but you think you have more time yeah and what i would tell you is there's never enough time so i don't miss days i don't miss birthdays i I talk to one of my kids literally every day but i give them the space to initiate a lot of that because if i love them i have to let them be who they are
0: yeah and i appreciate that and you said something about the child that you were involved with and you're like when is it going when am i going to become his wound but then you followed it up with I'm a very authentic person. It wasn't in the same conversation. So what I heard was be authentic, be yourself, because maybe it won't be the wound. Maybe it'll be the consistent person who's always there, even if they're you're not in contact. I don't know. You will organically, authentically know if and when there's time for you to, to pull up, away from that situation.
1: Yeah, I, it's such a hard thing for me. It's really? got to be. Knowing psychology, right? Learning more and more. Man, I love in such a complete way. All I want to do is I want to hold the kid and hug the kid and rescue him from the things that, you know, and you can't rescue people, but, 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 but rescue him from the sense of no kid should ever feel like they're not wanted. Every kid should have someone that they know. My kids know no matter what dad will show up. Yeah. Like my kids are so sure, you know, my youngest daughter is in college and a year ago she had to get an MRI and she was supposed to have a ride and there was all this stuff going on and her coaches couldn't go. She called me at one o'clock. By two o'clock I had a plane ticket, Mm -hmm. even though I hadn't been working and and money was tight by two o'clock I had a plane ticket at 6.30, when I was at the airport, the coach called and said, hey, I'm concerned about your daughter. She canceled her ride for the morning. She's like convinced that you're going to show up and take her to the doctor tomorrow. She said, but you didn't know about it till this afternoon because we didn't have the appointment till this morning. I said, I know, but I'm at the airport. So don't worry about it. My kid knows me. Like my kids know. If you say you're going to do it, you're doing it. It's going to happen. I I don't care. And I, I think that's also for me as a partner, right? Yeah,
0: it's consistency.
1: I want to be the dependable, reliable person that I haven't really had. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as a partner, I also think there's this thing of like, I want to make your life easier. I want to make the path better. I want to celebrate moments. So it sounds a little morbid, but I've always believed that we're all kind of dying. And so I got about 18,000 days left. I want to spend them doing the most amazing things. It means I got about 6,000 days left with my children because they're grown, right? You know, so we underappreciate the magic of a day. And so I don't. So if we have a fight, in five minutes, I'm over it. Because it was only about, I don't fight with people who don't matter. It's just my policy, right? So like part of it is, if we're going to have to have this fight, it's only because we're growing or going somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm building with you. Otherwise there's no point. So I have this feeling of like, it should bring us closer together and build a bridge to a problem. We shouldn't have to have again and again and again.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. It's a really good point. I was thinking, as you were saying, I'm like, yeah, I don't really fight with people. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just like, okay, done. <laughs> Got to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So thank you so much, Michael. I want to, we're going to wrap, we have to wrap it up because it's been, it's such a beautiful interview and uh, we'll talk more because uh There's so much you said that I wanna think about and think about how to continue on this conversation. But the thing I wanna ask you is, you have so many life lessons to teach people. And I know that you're also writing right now. And after listening to you, I'm really gonna encourage you with the memoir, besides everything else we discussed before the call, which I'm not gonna get into. I mean, I want you to do all of it. I really do because your perspective is so engaging and so thought provoking, and so innovative, and so beautiful, and has such a love weave through it, that it's so important. So I feel like you can touch on topics in such an incredible way that make you people think and feel and experience, yet understand how love can come in complications, as well as beauty, as well as joy, as well as disappointment. And there's that's the through line I feel from talking to you. Um, and that's consistency too, you know, to see that through it. My question for you is however you want to wrap up this interview, whether it's something you want to share from a a soul level to teach, or whether you want to tell us what you're moving on to or where they can find you too, please let them know because you have your own following. And I would love for anybody who listens to me to follow you, whatever it is that you want to share with us. It's your platform, please.
1: Well, I think. We all have wisdom to share, but I don't dare tell anyone I'm the teacher. I think um, I'm the perpetual student. I think I see the best in people, and I want to learn the most out of everybody. Uh, if you want to contact me, uh, Fishman, R-E-E-L-M, Fishman, pretty much across any social media. You can always reach out. I'm one of those rare people who actually answers their own stuff, so bear with me, because it may take a while sometimes, depending on what's going on. Um, I get some beautiful stuff. I get some horrible stuff Mm. and and maybe i should touch on that because one message that i didn't say is i kind of love the trolls as much as i as i love the kind people and i and i'll say that for people who are facing it i think because there's a lot of people facing negativity right now i love to bring kindness or awareness or patience to it um i do get death threats i get some horrible stuff right like from from some of the political stuff that has gone on around some of the projects i've been in I guess what I would tell people is don't be deterred, right? Don't let the negativity change Mm -hmm. your perspective. And I actually, if I can find a way to reach that person, because most of those people are in pain, I think that's the part of it that you have to look at. People don't come from a space like that unless something has hurt them. And then the other part is just love people. Like really, really listen, because everybody wants to be seen, everybody wants to be heard people want to feel valued. And I, I don't know any other way, like I actually really, you know, our conversations, Marilyn, they're so beautiful and empowering for me, the time at Next Level Living is like, I, I, I listen to everyone. And I steal wisdom from so many people. What I would tell you is help build and find your community. And don't be afraid to tell people vulnerably, vulnerably, how you really feel how much you care that they said something that meant something to you. Like people are afraid that they're going to be rejected. Mm -hmm. The truth is, most of the time, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting whatever they met before, whatever insecurity they have. That's a projection more than a rejection. Love people, because at the end of the day, you may not get another chance to tell somebody. So when I meet somebody, I'm uniquely aware this might be their one engagement with me. And um, the next big show I do, the next big movie, the next big project, one of the things I love about having a live audience for a sitcom, for example. At the end of the show, I want to shake people's hands and thank them for coming. And there's an inherent risk to me that comes with that. But the beauty of the joy of a moment where you may touch somebody or change somebody's life in a way that you never imagined, it so far outweighs whatever that negative is. And I think that's the thing, have perspective, like find the beauty in the journey. Cause I love this journey. And I love that. I love that you're giving me wisdom to share along the way. And you're making me better, Mary.
0: Oh, you're making me better. I mean, I think this is probably one of my softest interviews where softness and sense of my own personal softness coming out, which is what I'm working on. And I love what you said about vulnerability because it's so important and it's something that I'm practicing. So, and you really are a representation of vulnerability. I feel that you really do lead with your heart on your sleeve and your your heart out there in a beautiful way and not in a needy way and just in in the way that you are. And I love that you said projection rather than a rejection. And I want to repeat that because there's so much in that. And if you want to talk about it, it's fine because we can always break this into two parts. Um That's a really important statement, Michael, because, and I want to know where you got the wisdom of that statement and how you would talk about that because we do get caught up in, it just happened to me. So I'm writing about it and stuff. And I actually am so grateful that I put my heart out there, that I went for something. And I do do that a lot. My friend's like, you're always like that. And I'm like, I guess so, but I feel like it's another level. And I'm, and through the silence You know, the silence on the beeper, nobody's beeping you back. Through the silence, what I'm learning is the magic of myself. I'm showing up for myself. I'm being there for myself. One of the things my new therapist has taught me is there is no safety. People die. Things go away. We get hurt. The safety is in the fact that we show up for ourselves, that we're here for ourselves, that I know I'm going to show up for myself no matter what so i I know I just threw a bunch at you, so however you want to respond to what I just said, I would love to hear your perspective on it because it's beautiful.
1: Well, I would tell you, for me, I look at it as one of my goals or or one of my purposes is to be the safety mm. to to be love and for it to come from an authentic place. Um, I like to say, and it's something other people actually said to me first is, I believe in being a lighthouse in the dark. It is my job. I have my own pain. I have my own grief. I have that stuff. And it comes in waves. That's what I tell people. It's okay for you to have grief. It's okay for you to have pain. It is like waves. And it is going to reshape the shoreline of your life all the time. One grain of sand at a time. It's going to happen. But it's going to change you. But you get to choose what that looks like and you get to choose whether you celebrate the waves or you run from it. Choose whether you enjoy the sand at the beach or you worry about all the things it's going to do when you track some of it home. For me, it's a life of rejection. It's a life of pain and trauma and you can count all of those. I think people kind of fall into two categories. There are people who see their trauma And they continue to live through it and label it and and define themselves by it. And even sometimes we misuse the word survivor. And then there's people that it becomes their mission. For me, it's my mission. It's my mission that other people don't have to experience it that way. It's my mission that people get an authentic conversation like that. When you come to me, I'm not going to reject you. I may not agree with you. I might have a strong opinion. We might not always see eye to eye and, you know, in my last relationship I, when i met her family you know first thing i said to her dad and this is kind of who i am is i said look before we get started we're meeting each other she just came through a horrible experience with a with a person who treated her horribly i wouldn't want to meet anybody if i was her, her family so here's all i can promise to you i can promise you that you and i will not always see eye to eye that you will not always like everything i say or everything i do but i can promise you that I will be honest and authentic and I will tell you exactly who I am and that I will care and that I will love her and honor her and, and our child in a way that it will be very clear. They are irreplaceable to me. And that I think is like, that's a bold thing to turn to somebody and say, well, and it's even I was bolder just bolder to live it.
0: How did he receive that? Was he like, this guy's <laughs> full or was he like, what the heck? Like, how did he receive it? And the fact that you didn't even worry how he received
1: it. I can't worry. I can't always worry. Like, I think we we spend too much time worrying about how other people are going to receive something we said. I spend more time now caring about where they're at and how do they really feel because how they receive it partially is based in that. And so I want to know, like, I don't, I don't ask people what they do for work. I couldn't care less. Just like you said, kind of at the beginning, like, I don't care what people do for a living. I don't care how you make money or like, I don't care about all the titles other people gave you or that life asks you. That's what other people ask you, simple stuff. I want to know what your dreams are. And I want to know how do I help you get towards them. I want to know, is there a way that I can shape or or move you in that direction? And I want to watch you shine and watch you blossom. And the truth is, because it's all I want to do is I want to blossom and move forward and love people. And so people come in, sometimes they're there for a season or a reason or a moment. And then they move on and that's also okay. That's not really a rejection. That's a projection or, or I served a purpose, right? Like that's the other part. It's okay if people don't appreciate it. It's okay, you know, when I give people gifts, I don't really like gifts, but I like to give them because it's about paying attention to the detail of what a person values or cares for or wants or needs. We have this very complex thing where we're always trying to see where we fit. The truth is you fit where you are. Just walk in your path. Just be authentic to who you are. So, you know, I, I'll terrify people because I, you know, I love eye contact, which makes people really uncomfortable. And at oh, times yeah. I have to be very conscious of like, I'm intense and my energy is really, really strong. And I, I don't want to be any other way.
0: no. But is there a fine line? I don't know how much time you have, but I have like three questions now for you. Yeah. Is there a fine line where you get to be all of that? But then what I see some people do, and I don't know that if what your answer will be to this is that they put the other people before themselves, which I don't find is very healthy, at least with people I coach or try to help. Because if they're not taking care of themselves first, as they're being giving like that, as they're you know not rejecting someone where are you in that equation when you're that giving, that loving towards someone else? Where are you with yourself, your own relationship with yourself?
1: I think the question that you first have to ask yourself, and I had to learn to ask myself, is why? Why why, what? Why are you giving? Why are you giving? Okay. Why, what What is the reason behind it? Is it because you're expecting something in return? Is it because you want a reaction or a particular outcome? Because I think that's part of the problem. I think people find themselves where they become codependent or they become self-detrimental or self-sabotaging is they put everybody else first and they're like, did anybody see me sacrifice, right? Like, Or how come nobody's appreciating this? And I I had to break it down and decide, first of all, which part is authentically me? Because I think that's that's the first yeah. question is, are you doing this like when I give somebody something, I have zero expectation of anything in return? Otherwise, I shouldn't be giving. And I never give anybody, like I never give anybody my rent money. I never give anybody the money that I need or, you know, I did incredible things in relationships to help and support and help people grow. But I always put the money aside, like to pay for my kids college or other things come first, like you got to know what your priorities are. But what I would say is, it's also why do you give? Like, I'll tell you authentically, it's one of the greatest sources of joy in my life. I love random acts of kindness. I I do things, you know, if I start talking about them it would sound like ego and bragging and it's it's just not really my style. I don't do them for other people to appreciate. I do them I do them for the individual to have a moment to be seen and cared for. I do it because I want somebody's day to be easier or I've watched somebody struggle and I see that things are tough. So whether it be a neighbor and fixing something, whether it be seeing an old person and just walking with them or sitting with them, whether it be a neighbor who normally has been really happy that I notice has been really quiet lately and just leaving them something on their porch, or, you know, look, there is a part of me. I am the guy who will give my shirt to somebody and I, you know, I am the guy who will jump in in an emergency. And I'm okay with that. You have to know what you're giving and why. And is it authentic? Or are you looking for something in return? And like the minute I give somebody a gift, 90% of the time, I've already moved on to the next thing I'm gonna do. Mm. It's not a it's not about the gift. It's it's really like it's when somebody says, you know, man, I've been so stressed or I have so much trauma or whatever, man. I if I could just have 10 minutes, right? So it's scheduling the next appointment with them 10 minutes early and then turning them to and say, I want you to take the first 10 minutes and have your 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then we're going to start. It's when somebody says, oh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, my grandmother brought me mint and chip ice cream, right? So then there's mint and chip ice cream the next time or the next time I know you're stressed, that's it's life is in the details. There's nothing too small. You know, I'm a person like I could tell you when not just people's family, when their siblings' birthdays are, when their grandparents' birthdays are, when they lost grandparents, like important dates that are going to have, whether they realize on a conscious level or a subconscious level, that's an impactful day. There's going to be extra weight around that time of year because that's when they lost their grandmother who raised them, right? Mm -hmm. So flowers on that day or a card in the mail or setting up a meeting or a time to just check in. take a walk to to do something that brings them a moment of peace and then yeah am i giving away stuff sure is it self-sacrificing no because i i it's one of the greatest sources of joy for me so it's authentically who i am
0: have you been like that since a kid since you were a kid
1: yeah yeah and it's, it's only grown um yeah i mean i this is who i am and I listened to all of the adults and the beautiful part of working was I was surrounded by, you know, it's like having 200 aunts and uncles. Yeah. I learned the pain, you know, especially the women I worked with of, man, I have real strict rules about like, if you meet a woman and she's over say 28 and you don't want to have a family with this person and that person wants a family, like, don't waste that woman's time. Get out yeah. of the way and let, let like, <laughs> like. It's so like, there's all these things like as a coach (laughs) and as a like person with young people around, like I have very strict kind of guidelines and rules for certain aspects and everybody doesn't have to live that way. I'm not telling anybody how to have to live, but compassion for the person in front of you. And then sometimes we try so hard to be kind to other people that we're not kind to ourselves.
0: Yes. That's what I'm worried about with people, but I don't hear that in you. I hear a balance and that's why I like that question.
1: Yeah, and I, sometimes I will get it wrong. And well, sometimes I think, I'll give it away, and and it'll yeah. hurt. That's the other part. Like I said earlier, is I've accepted that some part of love comes with some part of pain. That someone will hurt me along the way. Someone will take advantage um, in a business deal. If it comes down to a little less financially, but treat people better. Yeah, yeah. I I will take a little less, but that's also because I have the confidence of knowing. I got plenty of other stuff to do, right? I have other other avenues and other things I'm going to build. People never forget how you make them feel. And I never forgot how good people made me feel. And I've had enough people that made me wish they had made other choices. I, You I don't know how long I get to have you in my life, right? So it's important that I tell you how much you matter and that I remember the details of what's important to you.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful, Michael. My last question then, there's two I want to ask, but I think I'm going to, we'll see. Where are you with forgiveness?
1: So forgiveness is a funny topic for me. I don't love the word forgiveness. Okay. Because I think people misuse it and I think they use it to punish themselves. Mm. Because I think what happens is sometimes we seek to forgive people who maybe have done things that are not forgivable.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: I think it's better to have understanding and acceptance like my dad's a tough guy. I love him. I love him very much. And I know that he loves me. There are lots of things I wish he had done different. Right. But I also have to understand where he came from. Yeah. I understand the chaos in his life, the experiencing terrorism, experiencing pain, experience, not having a guide. I also don't give myself the benefit of the doubt of just cause I didn't have a guide doesn't mean I get to blow it. Like I own, I tell my kids all the time, man, I, I think I blew that one. Or I got this wrong. Or if I'm wrong, please prove me wrong. Show me. Because that's part of it too. And I think we for we mistake forgiveness, I think, sometimes. I So I give forgiveness a little bit of a bad rap maybe. But I think we label certain things like there are certain acts. Listen, if you abuse a child, if you, you know, there's so many women in our world who have been assaulted and and had their trust violated. I don't have any forgiveness for that. That's not, that's again, from a spiritual standpoint, I I give that to the higher power. Somebody else can have mercy on your soul. That's not my area. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I can have understanding of things you may have experienced, but you have to have, I, I have a very strict code about the, I'll take the consequences of my actions because it makes me very mindful of how I carry them out. And I can understand and accept and move forward. But universal forgiveness, I think, is a very dangerous thing. I think people do a lot of detriment. And I think we ask people to forgive other people for things that never should have happened, And I think it makes people blame themselves.
0: So grief, let's just touch briefly on that. This will be two parts, obviously, and they'll hear that.
1: Grief is a gift.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Grief is a gift. Um, it's my unique perspective on it. Having been to over 100 funerals, having lost more people than I can count, having lost friends, co-workers, loved ones, uh, players and a son, you know, mm-hmm. I would tell you it rips me apart every day and I welcome it with the most honesty and vulnerability As I. Grief is a reminder of how much love you had. It is directly proportional. The greater the love, the greater the grief. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I would tell people, don't run from the grief. Own it. Sometimes set the timer and rage for a little while and let it out because we give it a bad name. And like I said, it comes in waves. It doesn't matter how long it's been. If you really loved someone, a grief wave will show up one day in a moment and you remember them. And I think to myself, what a beautiful blessing. It's a reminder of how much I loved them and how important they were, that I'm continuing that love. And it's a great time to embrace the grief and to speak to that person, to share that love for them again, or to have it motivate an act of kindness or an act of selflessness for someone else. Um, like i said i think it should become your mission and so what i would say to people is like grief can be overwhelming mm-hmm. it can it can bring out the very worst in people and it's one of those places where i think compassion is important it is everybody processes grief different and i would tell you i have so many people that like from a spiritual standpoint that i can't you know i can't wait to come in contact with in a in a different way and reconnect in different ways, but what I would say is, I'll carry that pain because what I would rather is carry that pain than not have had that love and that time together. I think grief is a beautiful gift if we look at it that way. It's uh, it's a lot easier to carry.
0: Yeah, it's um, uh, it's too big of a topic I think for me, um, not to talk about. To, to delve into with you right now is what I'm saying, because I, I love how you explained it. I love how you said it. And somebody had said to me recently, like the more you've loved, the more you will grieve, but what's the alternative, right? You want to be able to have that love. And I think my experience of grief, and I'm curious what you would say is it felt very out of control. It, yeah. you know, cause you can't, something happens, that thing goes away. That person goes away. I've actually felt it a lot with nine 11 just being in Manhattan because it was somebody else's doing. And I, the devastation that I felt of seeing my home, you know, we all experienced it. So I'm not taking away from how the world experienced it, but then also with my dog passing and stuff and just other things. And just, it feels so out of control. Like there is nothing you can do, but feel and feel your way through. And it's so freaking uncomfortable. And I love how you explain the waves because it is a personal journey and the waves hit you at the most oddest moment and you just have to lean into them. And I've had a difficult with it, difficulty with it only in the sense of I can't at this point as I'm recording this, you know, September 26, 2023, I always do a timestamp for myself for a personal reason. I still can't look at pictures of this dog, you know, I just can't do it. And when I do, I, I did yesterday because I talked to an animal communicator. I allow myself to go there and it's, it's hard. So I can't even imagine. Like, I always think since I lost this dog, Michael, I think about people who lose kids mm. and I'm like, how, like.
1: I work with people who lose kids. Oh. I work with sick babies all the time. You know, it's not something I normally talk about, but what I would tell you is, and I'm the right person, um, it's okay that you can't look at the pictures. Mm. Have you realized that that's healthy for you? And maybe that's giving you a a moment of separation and it's supposed to be overwhelming. I think that's where we do ourselves a disservice is we think we're supposed to be in control and love and loss and grief are not things you control. Mm -mm. They're things you endure. They're things you experience. They're things you celebrate. And I'll tell you, I've been to every possible kind of funeral and I've been to old people and young people and I've been to babies and I've been to teenagers who had bright futures and I've been to sudden ones and ones that were slow, long processes. and Some even that were self-imposed and what I would tell you is what they all have in common is people who love them have to walk that journey. But there's tremendous love. And I would tell you that love is such a precious thing. We talk about having faith or spirituality or connection, right? Like the energy that beats our heart is so magical. Yeah. That of course, it's overwhelming. It should be. The grief should be overwhelming at times. And I think if we just sat in it and said, thank you for the reminder of the love thank you for being so overwhelmingly good in my life that I miss you so deeply that I ache in such a horrifically painful way that I got to go through all these stages of there will be denial and there will be bargaining and there will be all of these different stages to it. And how you, even how those stages show up for you will be different. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would say. That dog was given to the right person. Mm -hmm. You had a bond that, exists still, which is why there's so much grief. And what a beautiful blessing. Like, not everybody knows they're loved. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that your dogs both know how loved Mm -hmm. and that that will never go away. And so, like I said, I, I I welcome it in a different way, I guess, because I look at it as what a beautiful gift. Um, cause I could have gone on a journey through life and never experienced it. Yeah. I could have, I could have come here and not known that magic, not known the scents or the smells or the laughter or the memories or the joy, right? You know, um, and we get people for a time or a season and that season sometimes is way faster than we ever imagined.
0: Yeah, it goes fast.
1: I don't think we trade it.
0: Mm. Okay, last question. Promise, very last question. Thank you for that, by the way, and thank you for everything you said, and also thank you for the permission in that. It was beautiful permission. Um, to not look at the pictures, whatever, everything, all the
1: permission. I appreciate it. it it's yours, right? Like, yeah. like, do you, have you given yourself the space? I have to really realize what a blessing you were in each other's lives.
0: Yes. Nothing it's still, it's still unfolding. It's still unfolding. Yep. The understanding of what this dog meant to me. I wrote it in the newsletter this week that'll come out, you know,
1: on Thursday, but
0: yeah, you know, it's all still unfolding. So I can't say yes, completely. No.
1: Yeah. Cause because that, that connection is not over. Right. No. And sometimes we don't know how, how deep that impact and how big it's going to be in a later date. Right. And that's what I mean about waves, right. It'll show up. Yeah. But it's a gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much I can say. about that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Okay. Here's the question I have for you. Do you lead your life with feeling or intelligence or both?
1: Oh, both. Um, I have this thing about feelings. We're in charge of our feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to be very careful because like, if I lived my life through every feeling, I would be a monster. (laughs) Uh, And I joke with people all the time. And sometimes I think that I was given kids so early in life to keep me from being the monster I very likely could have been. And I would tell you, we can be monstrous human beings. If we live out every feeling. And I, I think there are some people who do the space. If you can take the pause the space, I think, is one of the most powerful things we ever learned. And I think it's one of the best things about people going to therapy or or doing self-reflective stuff is you learn to take the pause. And I've talked a lot. So, you know, probably for people may or may not believe this, but I think I try to speak when I think what I'm going to say is better than the silence I'm stealing. Mm, Love that. And so I think there's a real... Love your feelings because mm. they are great signposts. And you should trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think we silence it at times, but then choose wisely which ones we kind of uh, indulge and how you indulge them, especially if you've had trauma, if you've had chaos, or if you weren't given all of the support structures. Be careful which one of those feelings, because the funny thing about feelings is they change. Right? That's where intuition I think really yeah is valuable is like how do people feel? How does this experience feel? What it what is what is your being as a whole, not just your body. What is your being as a whole taking in from this experience or thinking, feeling, adjusting to? And then how do you want to act on that? Because your actions are going to say a lot of things and they're gonna force other people's feelings
0: yeah beautiful thank you michael thank you for this so so educational and people can find you at real in fishman r-e-e-l in fishman
1: like my name real in fishman
0: real in fishman i love that real in fishman and uh thank you so much i really really appreciate it
1: i I appreciate you so much uh (laughs) beyond words that i could ever express thank you
0: thank you sweetie Uh, Thank you, everyone. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. And uh, have a great evening or day whenever you're listening to this. Bye.